During the week I went to the reveal of the new generation of Scania fleet of trucks, which range in size from the fixed tray delivery vehicle to the prime mover that can tow a semi-trailer, a B-double or, on our outback roads, a road train. All the new trucks share a basic design that includes much modern technology. The presentation started with the usual high-quality video, with the first pictures being about roads going through pristine forests, with the headline, Driving the Shift to a More Sustainable Transport System. This may sound like a bit of marketing hype, but I spoke to a number of their senior executives from here and overseas who attended the launch and found that there were some profound underlying changes occurring in the industry, which is truly addressing issues of sustainability. I had a chat with Alexander Mastrovito, Scania's Head of Sustainable Transport Solutions in Asia and Oceania. The sustainable manager, is that a term that wouldn't exist 10 years ago? Absolutely, and I, uh, I, I see this as uh, one of the first telltale signs that this is something that is becoming more and more integrated into our industry, that this exists. And it doesn't only exist from a headquarter position right now, but also out in all the different markets where we operate. Sustainable means different things to different people. There is both the environmental issue and there's also the business sustainability. Is that a balance you have to work to? Absolutely. And uh, it's not only those two. When we talk about sustainability, we always have to take into account the economical side of it, environmental side of it, but also the societal side of it. So that's the kind of three-pronged theory that we usually work from. I think you're on a number of different organisations you have a representation on. Is that part of the companies having to interact with a much broader uh, part of the community? Absolutely. This is important because I think sustainability completely changes our view of competition and our role in society and our role in our industry completely. We're not in sustainability. There are no competitors. We're talking about friendly co-opetition, basically. And in the end, we all have the same goal. We need to drive the shift in this industry towards a sustainable uh, one, because today it's untenable. At the Australian Institute of Traffic Planning and Management National Conference in July this year, we are looking at traffic engineering issues of autonomous vehicles and other technologies, rather than having just an optimistic dream of a perfect digital world. We have to make sure that vehicles have the right environment to operate effectively and safely on the road system, and the devil is in the detail. This led to a question to Anthony King, the Sustainability Manager for Scania here in Australia. There will need to be some traffic engineering too of how you get the trucks onto a motorway. Is Australia an ideal environment and will you be running trials here? Is, are we pushing for that? In the short term, not at the moment, because obviously there's still a lot that needs to be put in place. But as the appetite um, evolves, for sure, we will be ready to, to manage that. Anthony then passed the question back to Alexander to reflect on their overseas experience. What we're doing right now is that, is that we are trying to support Australian authorities with uh, the knowledge that we have in this space so that the correct vision is created for the future because without a vision you're going to have a lot of different actors putting in place different things which might have 
effects that will be counter to the benefit of society. So the first step is to create a vision of what autonomy should mean for Australia. And good examples of that we see from Sweden, from Singapore, to a certain extent also from China, where there is has been a lot of work done to create a consensus of what autonomy should mean in order to get the societal benefits that you want from it. Because it is a double-edged sword. If not handled correctly, it could mean challenges in the future. Are we getting better at measuring what is good for societal benefit? I spoke to some engineers about this. Because money in business is often the key parameter. GDP is, I don't care how you spend it as long as you're spending it, and that's good. Are we getting better at perceiving and measuring community benefit? I think what's happening now is that at least there's an awareness being built up of externalities. But I don't think we're very good at at taking externalities into account when we actually take decisions. But at least we're discussing them right now. And hopefully there will be a new system for measuring the impact of of policy uh, in the future where we take this into account. But right now we're still in the paradigm where it doesn't matter if we pollute or if we create negative effects somewhere else, as long as we make enough money on the other side, mm. all is forgiven, right? Mm. I don't see a real change there, but I see at least awareness about it coming. The availability of data is now a major component in the freight haulage industry. Chris Mullett, founder and editor of Australia's largest trucking magazine, Power Talk, puts it in perspective. There are hundreds of thousands of Scania trucks worldwide, all of which link telematically to the head office, and it records the use of the engine, the type of service requirements that they have, so they can predict when you need a service rather than just go on a fixed mileage. This changes the nature of the manufacturer from just selling the car and waiting for it to come back to being much more involved, is it, with almost the day-to-day understanding of what the truck's doing? It's very much a partnership because this way around, when a vehicle is coming up to be due for a service, The company knows that the service is due, it can pre-arrange to have all the parts available at the dealership and then they actually advise the owner of the truck, it's time you went in to be looked at. And might have an idea of if there is an issue. Yeah, indeed, yes. And, And they can predict when something, every component is likely to fail at some stage and they can predict when that would be likely and of course plan in advance of that to replace that component before any fault happens. Which means the truck's off the road for a shorter time? And and is not parked out in the middle of the boondocks somewhere waiting for a tow truck. If something does break out in the boondocks, they would know too. Well, that's the other thing in this country, of course, because five kilometres out of some towns, especially in Western Australia, you have no communication at all except by satellite. And these systems work on satellite communication. Martin Toomey is Scania's sales manager for Australia and, of course, you would expect him to be positive about the new vehicles and to readily mention features that exemplify the good points of these trucks. But his thoughts are grounded in the experience of the users and he has a good understanding of modern truck design and its impacts on the relationship between management and drivers. Certainly the drivers first and foremost came back into the depots raving about the change in the technology, the feel of the vehicle being so different, the layout, the visibility, the drivability of this truck is really quite unique. 
But then, of course, the directors of these organisations that own the fleets get to examine the actual data coming out of the vehicles and they see the, the head-to-head comparison test results and, and of course, it's compelling. You know, these vehicles do save an awful lot of money. Mm. Uh, and Scania talks about total operating economy and, and what that means is creating a sustainable business for the fleet operator. I love that point that perhaps the manager might think they have to enforce good behaviour and the driver says you might not understand. Is telematics and that giving us a better level playing field to discuss those issues? Look, it is. And to a large extent, the OptiCruise, for example, the gear solution, is so intuitive that you could almost clone your best driver across the fleet by allowing the vehicle to make its own decisions. But couple that to what we now have as we we, would call it driver scores, where the drivers are measured across parameters. Now, a good driver, for example, may be getting very, very high scores. And and that particular vehicle, if it's attached to, for example, one of our flexible maintenance plans, could actually be saving the fleet money every month versus a vehicle that's only being driven perhaps to an average driver score. So the incentive to monitor the driver's performance and encourage drivers to continuously improve their driving style is live, it's perpetual. Mm. And drivers can witness every day how they're improving. They can get tips to help them improve. And it is very much a coaching tool rather than a disciplinary tool. And I think the old fleet manager model was you need to improve your driving or else. Well, this isn't that approach at all. This is, this is very much a let's help you to aspire to be the best you can possibly be. And the vehicle lends itself to that. I'm giving a paper on road safety in New Zealand next week, Mm. which talks about not the stern lecture, but the engagement where they actually own the solution rather than me telling you what I think is wrong with you. So is good trucking design help that interaction between drivers and, and owners? Look, without a doubt, it has. And I, and I think it comes down to the connectivity of the vehicle. So, you know, tradition, the traditional workspace of a driver was a remote, you know, I'm out of the office, no one can touch me for the next 10 hours. Well, now we know exactly what is occurring within the vehicle. So the relationship with the driver and, the, and probably as well the, the nature of person that you want to employ uh, to be a driver is somewhat different. You, you don't necessarily need somebody who's just a maverick out on the road taking care of every, every task independently. You want somebody who can interact well with the base and can be responsive to, to agile shifts of scheduling or understand the nature of the technology that's, that's available to them within the cab and, and utilise it. So, you know, a different set of skills, perhaps. I also had a very interesting chat with Christopher Hansen, Scania's Head of Styling and Industrial Design, about their approach to the vehicle and particularly to the well-being of the drivers. We will talk about this next week and cover issues such as how do you design a truck to give the right message to other drivers and pedestrians? It can't be warm and fuzzy, but it should also not be threatening. He covers the impact the truck design has on drivers, including when they are in the sleeping compartment, and how do we get good safety and other information communicated most effectively to drivers.